Welcome to Dig It. This is the speaker. Hope you're all having a beautiful Friday morning. I am here as per usual with the Sharp Edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs, who is back with us. Yay. Yay. Welcome back. Thanks. I'm so happy to be back. I mean, honestly, I'd rather still be on the road for another few weeks, but <laughs> I missed you guys, though. Yeah, I missed you, too. I can't wait to hear about what you uh, what adventures you went on. It was good times. Yeah, and that's definitely something that we're going to get into a lot of today. Uh, we're going to talk about Corey's trip and the article that she did with it. Uh, it's just going to talk about airline strikes, supply chain, manufacturer crises, jobs, and I will just briefly touch on Australia again just to keep you guys updated on it. So what uh, what are we starting off with, guys? We'll start off with Corey. Yeah, Corey, tell us about your trip. Oh, it was so awesome. And I can't wait to ask you guys questions because I've been completely disconnected and out of the loop. I, I literally checked email once every few days. I pretty much stayed off social media except for the once a week articles that I had ready to go and, and the one that you helped me with, Edge. And and one day I walked in and my parents had the news on. I said, turn that off. I don't want to know anything about the news while I'm gone, you know? Right. Uh, wonderful. So yeah, so we, I just published this article. I thought it would be kind of fun, a little different to uh, put together a bunch of photos because our, our country has some beautiful landscape, right Edge? Oh yeah. I'm just <laughs> looking at your pup right there. <laughs> <laughs> that was him every night. He was so exhausted because what we did is, so I went with my parents and my brother and we rented a 26 foot RV. And we traveled mostly like Northwest areas through, you know, South Dakota, um, Wyoming. Look. Look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see you. I see you. I know. We're I had to put one in. A good shot of Corey, kind of. Mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, as we have this little guy up, that, that lined up well. So. <laughs> Good shot of Corey's ass. No. <laughs> so anyway, so we went up through Wyoming into Montana and uh, down through Idaho and Utah and over to Colorado. And it was just, it was awesome. I mean, there's, we went to areas I haven't, I've never seen before. I've been to a lot of places in this country, but um, most of these are areas I've not been to before. I have been to Glacier Park up in Montana, but I was heading up that way. I wanted to visit my good buddy, James White, and his wife. Um, there were, he's with Montana Daily Gazette. We've known each other for, gosh, I think like four years now. And um, so I wanted to explore that area. I missed Glacier. They're just about 30 minutes uh, west of there in this awesome valley. So anyway, the RV was like, Oh my gosh, it was so bumpy and so loud. It was just nauseating the first day. It took some serious uh, getting used to. And I had thought all along, oh, I'm going to be like, right, no, you know, I'm going to take photos all along the way. I'm going to get into the whole creative field. I'm just going to like do a little free writing while I'm on the road. Oh my God, there was absolutely. So I just took mental notes in my head the entire time. And then I took photos um, along the way. And then I just, I wanted to put this together because I just, you know, it was really interesting during the time that we're in right now, um, making observations, seeing the different 
mindsets from town to town, um, the slower pace versus the fast pace, the um, people that aren't living through fear, like where I'm at, everyone's still wearing masks. And, and what's crazy is you can walk into an establishment without a mask on, like I always do, and no one questions me. So it's, it's become a choice. It's clearly not being mandated. I mean, if it is, nobody's upholding that, but everyone's choosing to still wear them, like 98% of people. It's a mindset. It's the masses following along with the masses. It's, it's insanity. Right. And then, you, and then you go out to these, um, you know, I'm in a suburb, um, pretty, pretty densely populated area. And you get out more into the country, more into nature, and you see that people are living more freely. They're not so much in fear. They're not buying into all this crap. Um, they're hard workers. They're working the land. They're loving the land. And uh, it, it's just a whole different mindset, whole different landscape altogether. So it was a, a breath of fresh air. We met people along the way, like at gas stations or rest stops. There was, there was one couple that was fleeing California in an RV and they were going around the country trying to figure out where they wanted to live. So they were getting ready to head off to Tennessee at the time we crossed paths. And then there was another one, an older man who was retired and he and my dad were talking just about like what industries they were in and, you know, the RVs and what's going on in the world. And the guy had previously worked, I believe for Napa, he was in auto part, the auto parts industry. So surely he sees what's going on there and he sees what's going on in other industries. And he says to my dad, yep, we're in deep shit right now. And I still haven't met a single person who's voted for Biden. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we met a lot of interesting people along the way. Um, there was one girl we went in, in Colorado we were at, gosh, Iron Mountain Hot Springs. If it's in, in uh, Glenwood Springs, Colorado, coolest place. If I lived there, I'd be going there every week. Uh, they have like a, where a dozen hot springs you can bounce around into and a swimming pool and hot tub and concessions and everything. And it's overlooking the Colorado river. It's so cool. Awesome. And this girl in one of them was saying how she worked at a gentleman's club in Denver and that it was a higher end one and that it was insane because they had all the strippers completely uh, like face shielded up and behind see-through curtains and Poor then they're like cleaning the curtains. I know it's totally <laughs> creepy. I'm like, oh, there's that a, is whole, so creepy. a whole new creepy fetish that's going to come about from this <laughs> right. show. Wow. show. <laughs> I don't know how to. <laughs> wow. Okay. Huh? That, I think he, you actually made so speakers dystopian. speechless. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. No, it was funny though, because it's like everywhere I went, you could see that people saw the game and uh, not that every place was mask free, but most place it was nothing compared to where I'm at. And in, in, in Bryce Canyon, Utah, which is absolutely stunning i highly recommend going there it, it blows away the grand canyon in my opinion um you go into like the shops and the little restaurants there and they have signs on the door saying masks not required here awesome. i think that's the first time i've actually seen that somewhere um and then 
some of these the, places look like other planets i know that was one of my favorite spots right there mammoth springs in yellowstone i mean yellowstone i wish i could have had a week in there i would have you know we had literally like one full day and then the next morning driving up through to get up to montana and so it was so cool because right after mammoth springs there's like this little mini town and it looks like a mini town inside the north end before you exit uh yellowstone and elk had taken over the town and so everyone's pulled over and i'm like oh my god i gotta hop out so dad hits the brakes i got like two cameras on me i've got one with my 300 mil and and then i had my nikon and i was trying to get pictures off as quickly as i could and the policewoman standing there is like you have to stay over here behind the gate and so you can see the um the male there i mean wow big dude and the rest of these are all females and they're just all laying around the town in different spots there had to be about 40 of them it was cool that's awesome yeah and um gosh just the drive from wyoming up to this great little farmhouse we stayed in in uh, montana along the river and it's like horse country up there and it's just so gorgeous and then james went with us one day we went up to glacier park for a little bit and then um then he picked us up on day two i had wanted to meet uh dennis thornton so i do have a call to action in this piece here uh, Dennis is a wonderful man. We've spoken a few times um, prior to me going out there. And, you know, he's native to the to the valley there, Flathead Valley, Montana. And he's been um, building roads and bridges and developments his whole life. And so he has this 500 plus acre lot that the Whitefish Credit Union, who was once very respected, a uh, group of people working in there turned out to be pretty corrupt and they essentially stole his land and did uh, financial crimes and agencies have reviewed this it's it's uh, all the evidence is there the FBI even says they committed a crime um, the sheriff says that this is rightfully his land it's it's crazy James has oh. an ex extensive reports on this and so coincidentally, at the time I was there, uh, I think it was like just a day or two before I arrived, he finally said, that's it. I'm taking the matters into my own hands because he's exhausted all forms of legal processes there. And so he cut the bolt, went onto his land, and now there's patriots up there and they're camped out and he's got outhouse facilities set up and is saying any patriots that want to come up there, hang out either hang out for the day you can bring a tent you can bring a sleeping bag and camp out with them you would not believe the views of the lake and the valley up there it's absolutely stunning and that's in summers montana which is just about 15 minutes south of uh kalispell wow and so i have the address here in the article um for anyone who wants to go up there anyone who can provide any kind of suggestions or support please email me at info at quarriesdigs.com. Uh, you got to read the um, report and you can watch the video of Dennis on the land there, you know, going through some of this and explaining it all. It, it's, it's crazy, you guys. So like the AG and the governor of Montana are pretty solid. They're fighting for the people. They have the no mask mandate, no vax mandate. Um, you know, it's, it's, 
mostly conservative. There are some liberal areas. There are, of course, some cities like in every state that are working toward the whole smart city thing. And, and you've got the local sheriff on his side, but the AG isn't moving on this. And they've, they've literally ex exhausted all avenues to rightfully, they, they locked him, they padlocked it. And he had like $5 million worth of equipment on there that basically for a few years now, he hasn't been able to get his normal business jobs because he needs that equipment. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. So um, so we definitely, you know, they, uh, and they've done this to, I believe about 10 other, 10 other people, 10 other families with stealing their land. It's, it's a whole, whole thing that I'm going to be probably covering further down the line here. I'm going to talk to someone about how this all works and how sneaky they can get. Um, so yeah, so that, despite that Montana itself is absolutely beautiful um the people are wonderful hardworking. there's oh my gosh there's deer on every corner and there's a coffee shack on every corner i love it and they've got on the <laughs> cups like friends don't let friends drink starbucks <laughs> perfect i love it so um yeah so then we we headed down to uh bryce canyon which again was mind-blowing and i i put some information in there on that because it was kind of crazy. They don't, they don't talk about this on their site. You don't know until you get there, but there's a parking lot that you can park in that gets you to the best view in there of like, they call it the amphitheater. And you have to take, you have to park and then take this shuttle over. Well, I had my dog with us, so we certainly weren't doing that. And they said, oh, but you can park in there after 6 p.m. And I'm like, what? It doesn't say this anywhere, you know? So we, and we would have adjusted our schedule, but at any rate, we went to all the overlooks. See there, that's the amphitheater. That's, that's amazing. Boy, you can't miss. It's, it's intense, man. You're so high up there on clear day. You can actually see to Arizona. Wow. So, um, yeah. So we, we hung, we spent the whole day in there and, and that would be a really cool place. Cause they have, they have trails throughout there and campgrounds. That would be a cool place to camp if anyone wanted to do that. And they're open like 24 seven every day you, of the year. I bet you the photos just don't do it justice either. No, they don't. I mean, when you step up there, you're just, you're, you're just, it's, you're in awe. Yeah. It's amazing. Amazing. Really, really interesting. I mean, I can yeah. see why you could say it's more attractive than the Grand Canyon even, but yeah, I mean, it's really cool. Really it's, cool. Yeah. It's just, it's super unique. Unlike anything, you know, you see anywhere else. So, so yeah. Um, so basically I just, I share, you know, a lot of photos in here and some insights on the different areas and the people we met and what I was observing with, um, supply chain issues, um, staffing issues, uh, the little town of Keystone in South Dakota. I quickly discovered that I'm going to have to call ahead to make sure places are open because like restaurants were closing early because they just didn't have enough supplies or they were doing half men, half the menu. Um, beautiful, beautiful town, by the way. And and then like in Montana, same thing, you know, they had some staffing issues. So you couldn't order takeout from some places. I know the restaurant industry got hard, get hit pretty hard. Um, 
you and I, Edge, were just talking yesterday about they were showing, I think it was in August, it's up to like 4.3 million people quit their jobs. And, a, and there was a nice hefty chunk in the restaurant industry. And then yep. there's, uh, I forget what it was. It was one point something million that had actually um, been laid off. And so we were going back and forth talking about how, well, you've got the people that, you know, are going to quit places maybe because they don't want to deal with the mask mandates or a, or a jab mandate. Um, or maybe it's low pay, but then of course we're up against these government handouts and that's wreaked havoc on the economy, which they continue to do and roll out. And especially with the forbearance and the rent and all of it, I just hope that these people realize, you know, like the COVID resources page we put together with, um, all the job boards. And I hope that these people some of them at least are working together to try to build businesses outside of the system or shift over to places that are not the big corrupt places um, that aren't going to require those, you know, don't have those mandates. Uh, because if we get millions and millions of people just kicking back, <laughs> collecting from big gov, uh, we're playing right into their hand. Yep. Yep. I, I suspect that there's a portion of people that are looking for other jobs. There's a portion of people that are looking to find ways to live outside of the system, whether it's, you know, start your own small business that, you know, is cash or, or whatever the case is. But, right. um, but yeah, there's probably a large, large chunk of them that are looking for that, you know, government handout. It's just, they're not incentivized to right. go get, a job right now. And right. that's part of the problem. I mean, in my small town, um, we have a, a major issue with that. There's restaurants, there's really good restaurants in this little town that are, you know, usually packed and you sometimes have to make a reservation and stuff on the weekends, especially, but right. even on the weekends, they've had to close down because they were understaffed. So, yeah. I mean, everybody here is hiring and no, can't this- fill those positions. Does the staff have to wear masks there? Um, I don't, I'm trying to remember. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I think it's probably a mix. I would say mostly not. I, this town is really not, you know, they don't care about masks that much. Right. I, I don't notice that at all. And I don't wear a mask anywhere I go. Never had that issue anywhere here. So right. um, I don't think I've run across a place where all the staff wears masks. Mm-mm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So I know I have missed a lot of news, um, which was really refreshing yeah. <laughs> to just get lost in photos and nature. Let me tell you. Uh, look, sometimes, sometimes you really have to. Sometimes these, like an escape, is really needed, especially in this time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was well needed. I was so exhausted though, when I got back, cause I didn't take a single nap the entire time. I didn't even like close my eyes on the road and you know, we were 5,000 miles. It was pretty extensive because I didn't want to miss anything. Cause I like to observe. <laughs> so I got back and the day after I got back, I passed out at 10 o'clock at night, which is unheard of and did not get out of bed until 10 the next day, which happens to me maybe once every five years. 
<laughs> so I was just, oh, I was, I was spent. Well, so, I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. A lot of, a lot has happened since you've been gone. And I don't think yeah. I'll be able to catch you all up on everything <laughs> for the past three weeks, but we can, we can get you up to speed. I want to hear the good things. I, I, I did hear, I think I caught it on the radio or something about Southwest and the pilots. I was like, yeah. Yeah. So, so I want, I definitely want to hear about that. Yeah. That was the big news this week. I mean, um, last Friday, the Southwest Airlines Pilots Association they filed this temporary restraining order in this lawsuit against Southwest Airlines for imposing the COVID mandate. And then over the weekend and all throughout this week, we've been hearing the news of major delays and, um, you know, short uh, delays and cancellations. So Southwest has denied that it had anything to do with the pilots striking. Um, they blamed it on everything like the weather, but um, you know, the pilot and the pilots association that's involved in this suit, they can't say anything publicly either because if they do, it's classified as an illegal job action and that would jeopardize their suit. So, but that is what's happened here. There's no yeah. question about that. Right. And um, it's definitely had a domino effect um, because it wasn't just Southwest. Um, American Airlines has been seeing some delays and cancellations. Um, they've been facing a large number of those. And then air traffic controllers uh, reportedly walked out um, on last Friday in Jacksonville, causing a lot of um, cancellations and delays. So it's definitely having a ripple effect and building some momentum here. All I keep hearing is we're just seeing the beginning of it. But mm-hmm. um, the um, and, and I'm sure everyone is happy to be inconvenienced by this right now because we need this fight to have to you know we need this. Yeah, definitely. I was I was glad I I, I wasn't traveling, but I was really glad to see. Um, this happened. And um, it, it definitely made an impact um, yeah. and still is. So the Biden regime reportedly called the CEOs of these major airlines and tried to threaten them to move <laughs> forward with these mandates. So these airlines, you have to remember, they receive multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar contracts from the government. Mm-hmm. Southwest, for example, they received $25 billion quote unquote, no strings attached, wink, (laughs) wink, in payroll support last year and another 25 billion in loans from the government. So that's 50 billion right there just for Southwest Airlines. And so now you see what where their motivation is. But during all the um, chaos this week, Uh, Governor Abbott issued, out of Texas, issued an executive order prohibiting vaccine mandates by any entity. Ba-boom. Yep. And this is huge because he specifically says this includes employees or consumers. And for any reason, like personal conscience, uh, religious belief, medical reason, including prior recovery from COVID-19. Nice. So this is like awesome. They're going to fight this tooth and nail. Oh, for sure they are. 
<laughs> now you have to remember though, this is this doesn't just impact all these businesses and employees in Texas, but specifically think about the airlines because Southwest and American Airlines are based out of Texas. Nice. Yeah. So, but both of these airlines that have they've indicated that they're not going to comply with um, with Governor Abbott, Abbott's executive order. They've already <laughs> signaled this and that they say that, you know, any kind of federal order trumps a state order. Well, we know that Mm-mm. Biden's order, quote unquote, uh, mandating hogwash. It's hogwash. It's literally all we have right now is a press release and threatening phone calls to CEOs. There's not anything legally binding at this point. Nope. To to actually um, force companies to comply at this point. Anybody that any company that's complying is doing so out of, you know, threats um, phone calls from the regime, that kind of thing. Um, but this executive order by Abbott might actually force Biden's hand because they have been stalling on issuing anything like really legally binding, um, because they know that exactly because they know that there's 26, what, 26, 27 states already with the AGs all ready to go. The second that that happens to take this to court and fight it. And then they know that it's not what they're doing isn't legal anyways. So they, these states that are going to fight it will have a really uh, great chance of doing so in the courts. If we could just ditch the damn federal government already and just operate state to state, that would be glorious. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But also um, this week as well, um, United Airlines employees had a big win too, because they've been fighting with United Airlines and um, a federal judge ruled this week in favor of the employees who are seeking religious exemption. They were put on unpaid leave and Mm. the court ordered that they could no longer be put on unpaid leave while this um, court hearing goes through. So, I mean, it's not like a final decision. It's just like basically saying, you can't keep your employees who claimed religious exemption on unpaid leave while there's legal. This is still in the court system. So, so are they saying that they, they can keep them on leave, but they have to pay them or that they have to allow them back to work? I don't know that it's specified. I think it simply said that they ha- can't be on unpaid leave. So mm-hmm. there, there can't be any kind of financial um, loss for these employees. So um, while this court, while this hearing goes through. It's nice to know we still have some solid judges out there. Yeah. Uh, So some major wins against the illegal mandates. And I think this is paving the way for more actions like this in other sectors of the workforce in the future, because they're seeing how successful that was this week. Right. And so I think that we um, are, I expect to see a lot more of this down the pipe. Yep. Airlines, truckers, all of it. Let's, let's rock and roll. We can all handle the impact from it and the fallout from it. We just need to keep fighting these beasts. Yeah. And I think that this is a great example of how when you do it alone, 
you're less successful than if you do it all together um, in unison, because I mean, it, it really does make them um, cave. They have yeah. to cave. Right. So yeah. yeah. And the other big news um, this week is all the stuff with the supply chain, which is, we know is a manufactured crisis. I yep. mean, we've been talking about it, but it's really um, kind of reaching a, a tipping point, I'd say at this point. Yeah. I, I want to hear about, and maybe that's what you're going to get into, but I want to hear about what's happening with all these cargo ships on the coast and what's going on. Cause I got a text from a friend about that. And I'm like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Well, I'm out of town, <laughs> but now I want to know what's going on. Well, it's a total bottleneck in California in ports like Los Angeles and Long Beach. I mean, we just have been seeing nothing but ships um, moored um, all along that coast, as well as, um, you know, these images that we just I just showed you of um of just tons of of goods and goods being stored at the ports not even getting out on the trucks and um and they're saying they're saying what that this is because of lack of staffing they can't keep up yeah they're trying to say that there's truck trucker shortages which i'm iffy about that there are shortages in the I, I don't know the term, but it's like those, um, it's, I guess it's like dollies or whatever um, that transfers the shipping containers to the trucks. And then they're also saying that there's just a greater demand because of COVID. Um, <laughs> well, while, I, it just well, all seems like BS to me. Um, it seems like there's, they're purposely just sitting there in storage. And I'm so, hearing some whistleblowers say the same thing. So I can tell you while I was on the road, I was on many um, different highways and there's a ton of truck drivers out there. I mean, there were some rest stops where they were so lined up another, some I couldn't even fit in there. Uh, And I saw a lot of, of course, Amazon prime because he's, you know, building up their fleets. Um, I kept saying, gosh, darn it. I wish we had an extra day. I would go camp out at a rest stop and go knock on every single door of the truck drivers and pick their brains. So seriously, if there's any truck drivers out there, email me at info at coreysdigs.com. I would love to talk to you because I have theories and thoughts and I, yeah. I really would like to talk to some of them. I'm going to tell when- you also, I've heard that um, there are certain parts that um, we, for trucks, yeah. that we do not have in supply. And so <clears throat> that is affecting the supply chain issue as well meaning like we these truckers aren't able to repair their trucks mm-hmm. in order to be put them in use and, so, and i'm sure that's a coincidence as well exactly i mean it's those parts some of those parts come from china and uh-huh. um so I, I think that's an issue for sure um but we know that this how evil this regime is and yep. they'd be willing to manufacture a crisis like this just to crush the middle class even Dude, it's so easy for them to control these industries because they already control these industries so how hard is it for them to say hold back on this line hold back on that line you know it's a 
I, I could literally see a visual of them looking down at the playing board and going, yep, let's just move this pig over here. Let's slow shit down right here. Let's uh, pause this for about mm, two weeks. Let's, you know, they, they yeah. just, yeah. And we so need, we need to bankrupt all of them. Mm -hmm. This is, um, this is definitely going to lead to shortages across the country. Mm -hmm. It already is. People are yeah. already noticing it. Uh, longer lines, things, um, you know, out of stock, that kind yeah. of a thing. And in fact, the Biden regime came out this week and said there will be things people can't get for Christmas. <laughs> so, I mean, they're clearly not even really trying to put a full effort into fixing this. Instead, uh, they don't they don't want to resolve it. They just wanted to throw the towel in. Mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile, DeSantis in Florida is saying, hey, our port's open, okay, and we're ready to receive all that bottleneck in California. Just send it over to Florida. We'll get it out to the rest of the country. So, and of course, they're not going to do that, right? Well, I think that some businesses are going to do that. Some of these oh, um, these ships that are moored out in California, and they actually, I think, have to pay as they're sitting there waiting wow. to unload. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it would be wise for them to go to other ports, not just Florida, but uh, I'm sure, you know, Texas and, and, and throughout the country. Mm -hmm. um, there are some other areas that are, you know, going to receive this and get it going. But I think California is definitely the issue here um you know remember that um so i had posed a question to people on gab um like a week ago a few days ago i don't even know asking what types of products they're seeing in their area that are you know lacking or hard to get and and there's over 200 responses so if anyone's curious it's actually quite a fascinating read to read all the comments and see but with the exception of certain things like the auto part um, which are a necessity, a lot of the stuff being mentioned is really not necessity. It may be like your preference, you know, like a certain flavor of Gatorade or different things like that. Um, but it seems like auto parts seems to be one of the biggest one and the, the chips and everything. Yep. Yeah. And that's again, our, because of China, I think that what we need to come to a realization with this whole thing is, is that, um, we need to acknowledge that we're currently at war, not just with China, but with our own government, and that this is just a manifestation of the economic side of that war. So uh, they just want to squeeze the working class into submission as much as they can. And I do think that a lot of it, you know, does have to do with China and the part, some of the parts and things that we do get from China. Right. But um, I do think that um, it, it would be wise to prepare for shortages in the near future. If we can stock up on essentials, that would not be a bad idea. Right. Yep. Yep. So there's that. Um, what else? Yeah, I was in, in one of the places we stopped in rapid city. It was funny. We went to go to an Arby's and they closed an hour early, which was just weird because usually the chains don't do that. So then we found this other Arby's because it was late at night. There wasn't much open and they were all out of all their sides, all their fries and some of their other main, you know, sandwiches. And then the next morning we go into a, uh, we had to go back into that town and gosh, what was it called? 
starts with an S, one of the main grocery stores out there. And they didn't have a single box of Kleenex on the shelves for sale. And then we tried to get some, like a bag of ice, just a bag of ice from the gas stations. And they were all out of ice. So it was, uh, yeah, they were having some hard times with supplies over there. Yeah. In South Dakota. Yeah. S- same thing here that I'm noticing in my little town. Um, there are some empty shelves. The lines are longer. Uh, some of the stuff that's in stock is last year's supply, like specifically like seasonal stuff or whatever, because they and haven't produce. gotten in. Dude, produce. is your produce staying fresh? Like I'll get home no. and two days later, my blueberries are molding. My, the produce is like the slim pickings, like the, like the weakest stuff. Like yeah. I, I had some asparagus last night. I'd never seen it like so tiny like it was <laughs> I was like I've never they were, they were like string they were like spaghetti they were so tiny and thin I was like this huh. is weird but I, I think that it's really because they're down to kind of like their last of their supply on right. certain things um so it's just not as high high quality and eventually it's gonna run out but yeah so, and then so- I've noticed the prices of everything too like meat oh, yeah. is insane yeah. So, um, so, yeah. so I don't feel like, I feel like they're going to, they're going to squeeze this as much as they can, mostly for intimidation factor, but they're also going to, you know, do false, uh, inflations on everything. And so we're going to see, maybe we have to make a little bit of a shift in what we typically might purchase as far as groceries and supplies go. Um, but that it's not like, we're all going to starve. You know what I mean? Like we're going to have the essentials. We're just going to have to adjust as they pull this bullshit and they're, we're going to have to pay a higher price for it for a bit while they continue that bullshit as well. Right. Right. I'm personally, I've got, you know, I've got enough stocked up for an expectation that they're going to pull this BS, but not, I don't think that this is going to last very long. Um, it's, it's, I think it would be wise to have some, you know, dry or canned food, you know, for, you know, well, they keep telling us it's going to last through 2022. Oh, look, I mean, here, here we have Buttigieg, Saying it's gonna go years and years now. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Oh, yeah. Not gonna let that happen. Yeah. Um, but this is what this is a tell. This is a tell. This is intended. You know it's gonna go for years and years. How do you know that? It's because mm-hmm. you're in on it. This is manufactured. Right. So yep. Anyways, we need to stand up and um, and get these people out. And uh, I mean, because where were we just, you know, and and what are my shopping resources I have under my solutions page where you're going to get the stuff you need and get most of your essentials. So if cleaning products or other products are out at the stores, I got a whole list of resources over on my site under my solutions. So, you know, there's there's always ways around this we always have resources out there yep yep yeah our shelves are dry as at the moment are they absolutely dry yeah which is to be expected so in in like what types of different products oh as in like nothing (laughs) like everything's gone at the moment especially with the clusters around our area it's uh it's like manic buying 
the first time COVID hit times two at the moment. Wow. Mm. Oy. My gosh. Oh, boy, oh, boy. <clears throat> how are things going there? I saw the video Edge dropped the other day about how everyone of every industry must get vaccinated. Uh, yeah, that's the, that's from Northern Territory. Um, uh, it's interesting because I, I didn't hear that news where I was. I mean, I, I try to stay away from the news as much as possible. Uh, but Ed brought this one up to me, which it was surprising because Northern Territory don't have many cases, like at all. There's like not, not much going on there. Sydney and Melbourne are the two main hubs that are getting hit really, really hard with this stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, in this case, they're going to force everyone to take this jab mandate, apparently, mm -hmm. in, in, in the Northern Territory. Yeah, if you're working, basically, mm -hmm. if you want to work and you're going to have to do it, is what he's saying. Unbelievable. I mean, it, this is what they're trying to do in every state, so... It's crazy. But this guy right here, I was digging a little bit. I didn't go too deep, but he's he's like a Dan, Andrew, Dan Andrews character. I mean, we've talked about this on Hive Mind and on Dig It, um, where he's got close ties with China, made secret deals with China. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And there's so much going on. Same thing. We talked about Dan Andrews, same sort of thing. And um, then you had the other one from New South Wales. I can't pronounce her name. What is her name? Bjorkson or? Yeah, close enough. Okay. Accusations against her for, uh, you know, lobbyists and money connected to um, all of these uh, big pharma companies. So they're all financially motivated and they're selling out the people. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it, it's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. These kind of secret backdoor deals that these corrupt criminals are mm -hmm. are doing with China and big pharma and at the expense of the entire population in Australia, particularly in some of these states like New South Wales, Victoria and Northern Territory. Yeah. <sighs> Speaker, yeah, when are you allowed to fly out of there so you can come here? I've got no <laughs> idea. It's a joke. I mean, I can't even go to Tasmania at the moment, more or less America. <laughs> so do they not do they not let anyone fly out unless you're vaccinated? Um, yeah, I think that's the mandatory standard at the moment. Um, but uh, international travel, I don't think, has opened up yet. Don't quote me on this. That's a lot of things are up in the air here. It's very confusing for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, trying to work out exactly what's going on, exactly what we can do and what we can't do. It's just, uh, it's just a mess. Yeah. And and especially as cases continue to rise, uh, like so, they full on lost control of Melbourne and Sydney. I mean, all all these all these mandates, all these uh, mask mandates, all these curfews that we're still on curfew, by the way. We still can't leave our house between nine to five in the morning. It's been about a month and a bit now. Good God. Um, yeah, all, all that obviously has done shit because cases continue to rise every day. I mean, three days ago, it was like 1,800. Uh, the day before yesterday, it was like 1,900. And then yesterday topped to 2,300. And, and they're going to continue to rise. They're going to yep. continue to rise because 
what they're doing is actually making things worse. And I'm not going to get into specifics about that so that this can stay up on YouTube, but we all know what we're talking about, right? What is the jab percentage rate there? Do you know what they're, what they're claiming it is? The percentage uh, I, of people that have gotten I, uh, it? 80%. Wow. In our, in our state. Yeah, at the moment. So that's, you know, probably mm. why. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Goodness. So, so what else happened while I was gone? It was like three weeks. I had to have missed a lot of news stories. He did. Oh, I can't keep it all in my head, Corey. (laughs) 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 I'm just like trying to keep up with this week. (laughs) But yeah, we did miss a lot. We did talk, uh, we were going to talk about, and we can touch on this a little bit, was the job situation. And I mean, because this, uh, this came out this week, but this is from August, how 4.3 million Americans quit their jobs in August mm-hmm. and how this was mostly or a lot of it was from the, you know, restaurant, hotels, you know, that um, that service sort of industry. And we were kind of trying to speculate on why specifically, because again, this was in August and yes, some of those people were probably facing mandates. Um, others, maybe those restaurants were closing down. Um, I, I, I'm not sure, but we're not enough people coming in, not enough to, people coming in you know, to make any money. But while we're on restaurants, I just want to say, so chill had posted, um, the other day on Twitter, a friend sent me the screenshot of it that she had gone to a restaurant. I'm trying to think of the name, uh, it was an alehouse, something, is it bulldog or bull? I forget. Anyway, uh, it, they charged on the receipt. It said COVID-19 fee and it was like a dollar and change. And I think it equated to maybe two to 3% of the bill. And she said, yep, they're now charging COVID fees at restaurants. So somebody, I was going to call, but I went in and found the thread to see if anyone had called the restaurant yet. And they did. And they told them it was because they needed uh, to add a additional fee because they were spending so much extra time and money on having to do the extra cleaning and providing masks for their staff. Wow. Crap. They need to make up the difference because of the loss of business over the past couple of years, then crank it up in the menu a little bit. You go and you add a line item like that and you're going to lose more business. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And plus with inflation, I mean, all of their supplies, their food supplies are Mm -hmm. going up too. So Mm -hmm. they're getting squeezed too. And uh, it's understandable if they've got to raise their prices just to be able to make a profit, but because, you know, of inflation, but um, some of these um, people are probably looking for new jobs, but um, looks like most of them haven't gone on to other work because in September, um, we actually had a really bad jobs report. They were expecting to add 500,000 jobs and only added 194,000 jobs, way short. Yeah. So of the 4.3 million who quit in August, um, no doubt some of those were facing mandates, but you know, that happened before the Biden regime came out with their fake mandate of the hundred plus employees. So I expect that September and October numbers of um, job quits is going to be even worse. 
And yeah. I guess the silver lining of this is that if that is the case, which I suspect it will be, of course, um, is it, it's showing that people are not complying and that they're willing to walk away. At least um, a a huge chunk of of the workforce. Right. Which is going to have an awful ripple effect across the board. But if people can shift that up and switch over to places that aren't requiring the mandates or start working together and building new establishments and business ventures, um, then that's a fine way to bankrupt some of the bigger establishments. Um, though I would be interested to see when it comes to the restaurants, how many were chains versus independent. Cause I know a lot of family owned business family owned restaurants took a massive hit in the last couple of years. And that that's sad. It is sad. Um, yeah. and, and like in my town, um, which is also like, it, it's a kind of a tourist town too. Like a lot of people come visit for the weekend cause it's like nice weather and nice scenery and stuff. So right. the restaurant business is doing great. Their biggest problem is staffing right now. Right. And, uh, so I don't know. It's yeah. Well, crazy. most people don't want to have to wear a mask for eight hours a day. Although you said that they're not necessarily requiring that. So, so it is interesting because there's different dynamics going on. And I was trying to like process through it going, well, if a place isn't requiring a mask or a jab, um, and you know, if they're somewhat busy, then are people leaving there because, they're afraid of getting sick? Are they leaving there because they're taking the government handout? You know, I mean, I stopped off when we went through Colorado, we stopped off at this little town called Brighton because I needed to just stand on solid ground for a few minutes after a three hour turn of like some of the worst roads I've ever been over. It was so freaking bumpy. So we go into Red Robin to get some chocolate malts and this place was bustling. And nobody in there, not even the staff were wearing masks. Right across from it was the Texas Roadhouse. That whole parking lot was packed full. So it's it's just interesting when you go through different towns in different states. You know, it's it's like extreme opposites. Mm -hmm. Like two different versions well, of America happening yeah. simultaneously parallel. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I see it too. Yeah, interesting. Well, it was so cool to hear about your your adventure, Corey, and we're glad you're back. I'm glad too. I mean, I'm glad to be back with you guys. I wish I was still. <laughs> honestly, I could spend the rest of my life being on the road. I'd, I'd be cool wow. with that. <laughs> be nice, huh? That would be. All so right, that's in, it. In, in a little we're... nicer motorhome that's not quite as bumpy. Okay, we're putting it in the books. Road trip. It's <laughs> happening. <laughs> we're that's just right. Gonna... Just Anytime gonna, anyone wants to go, just hit me up. I'll load up my computer and my animals and off we'll go. And we just need to charter a ship out to, to pick up speaker and then right? swing back yeah. around. and Come get me. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us today on Dig It with the speaker, myself, the Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. And we'll see you back next time right here on Dig It.